Welcome back to the Look and Sound of Leadership, an ongoing series of executive coaching tips designed to help you be perceived in the workplace the way you want to be perceived. I'm Tom Henschel, your executive coach, and today we're talking about how to show up. Chin Sun and I were deep in a coaching conversation about self-management. I said self-management allowed people to slow their reactions so they could choose their behavior. I proposed that people who were able to pause and choose get better results. She agreed and went further. She said, I'm thinking it's about more than just choice. It's about values. Maybe turning up my self-management would let me show up in ways more aligned with my values. How do you mean, I asked. Do you remember I said I want to speak up more, be braver? Well, I do. And not because I want to get noticed or compete with anyone. This is about me, my core. Being braver has become a value for me. But I don't think that's how I'm showing up. Maybe your ideas about self-management will help. Help with what exactly, I asked. Help winning the argument in my head with that voice that doesn't want me to speak up. I can imagine using brave like an incentive. Because it's a value for me, it might make a good argument. Come on, you want to be brave, don't you? You know, the value would inspire me. I wondered, if your brave voice were winning more of those arguments, you think you'd show up differently? Well, don't you? For one thing, people would hear a lot more from me during meetings, she said. That would be showing up differently, I agreed. She tilted her head, narrowed her eyes, and asked, Is it really that easy? To do what, I asked. Well, you just start thinking brave, and suddenly that voice starts winning. Snap, I show up braver. It seems a little too easy. I asked, If it were easy, would that make it less valuable? (gasps) Oh, you got me. That's exactly what I was thinking. Okay, I don't like that. Okay, I accept Easy. Thank you very much. I said, and when you think about it, Chinson, it hasn't been easy. I mean, maybe this one step is going to be easy. We don't know. But you've had so many steps before that haven't been easy. You've been arguing in your head a long time. That's not easy. So if this next step is easy, it's only because all the other ones made it that way. Well, that's true, she said. This is hard one. So what else is going to help me show up the way I want? I thought a second and then said... Low-risk rehearsal. Low-risk, like texting with my daughter? Yeah, exactly. While you're doing something low-risk, like texting with your daughter or doing the dishes, brushing your teeth, you ask yourself, what would be different right now if I were a little braver? Really, she said, braver brushing my teeth? Seriously? Seriously, I said. "Uh Uh-uh, she said. You have to explain that. Okay, I said. So... Start with the ultimate goal. What is it? It's to be braver, right? Like, like, like when? You give me an example. She said, okay, here's one. Speaking up on the big Zoom calls, our division president always invites questions, and I think he means it, and some people ask a question. Not many. But one of those people should be me. I've got questions, but I sit there arguing with myself about it and never take myself off mute. That's an example. Perfect, I said. So the ultimate goal is to be braver, Like in that moment on that Zoom call, right? Right, she said. But I said, what's the reality? The reality is you're asking your brain to do something in a moment of high risk that your brain has no practice doing. Asking your brain to suddenly be brave in a moment like that is like, 
You know, it's like asking your brain to remember where you hid your fire extinguisher while the house is burning down. You might be able to do it, but if you haven't given it a thought all year, it'll be a struggle. So now imagine brushing your teeth. You do it every day, right? It's no big deal. Now, add in thinking about being brave. You have time to wake up that part of yourself, take it out for a spin, get a feel for how to rev it up and what it's like to sustain it. I get it, she said. So by the time the real game comes along, I have some strength already built up, like a habit. Okay, all right, sold. I want to clarify one thing, I said. This is not a prescription for being brave. This is a prescription for building up strength with any new way of showing up. Your way of showing up is brave, but other people might want something else, like valuing relationships. You know, they would follow all the same steps, just change the words. She said, so this is something I could share with my team. Sure, I said. It's a process for showing up as more of whatever you want to be. She asked, what was that question you said I should ask myself? Ah, uh, the question was, what would be different if I were a little braver right now? That one? Yeah. So that's what I should ask myself when I'm brushing teeth and making dinner, whatever? Well, that's one. There are lots of questions you could ask yourself. Like what else? She asked. Um, here's one. What would a brave person do right now? That's a fun one to play with. Or what would I think or what would I feel if I were my bravest self right now? Those are two others. She said, I like the very first one. I like them all, but the very first one fits me best. Why is that? I asked. She said, it feels the most expansive. It allows for anything. What would be different if I were a little braver right now? You don't know what's going to change. You just know that something can change. She said, you know what this reminds me of? What? I asked. I've always noticed life changes. Like, oh, now I'm in middle school and, and the world would look different to me. I used to call it looking through the lens. One of the biggest times it happened was after I got married. Suddenly I was looking through the lens of wife or the lens of married. You know, I'd be seeing the world in my old normal way, and then suddenly the lens would flip down in front of me and I'd think, oh, that's right, I'm married. And my view of the world and myself in the world changed. I asked, did changing the lens change how you showed up? I'm sure it did, she said. I'm not sure how. I know I showed up differently after I had Diana. She was another big lens shift in my life. Suddenly, I was looking through the lens of mother. I showed up completely differently, for sure. How so, I asked. When she was an infant, I was fierce. Do not get in between me and my baby. <laughs> no problem being brave there. But that never felt like a choice that I was making. It felt like a primal instinct. And a lot of time... It still is for me. But being braver, now that's a choice that I'm imposing on myself. And it just it feels a lot harder. I asked, can you carry the fierceness from the mom part of your life into this current part of your life? I've wondered that, she asked. I've asked myself, why was it so easy then and why is it so hard now? What's the answer, I asked. Well, I don't have one, she said. That's why it's so frustrating. I said, oh. The idea of caring over behaviors, oh my gosh, it has stirred up a memory in me. You used to have the idea of looking through a lens. I used to have a little mind game that I played specifically to help me transfer behavior from one part of my life to another. Tell me, she said with relish. 
I took a breath, thinking back. I was timid as a kid. I, I never liked being timid. I didn't want to be timid, but I was. As I grew up, I controlled it a little bit better, but it never went away. You know, like you, I did a lot of arguing in my head, which is how this mind game developed. I used to imagine I'd been dropped down in a country where I didn't know anything about anything. I couldn't even recognize the letters in the alphabet. The only thing that I knew for certain was that if I wanted to eat, I had to figure it out myself. If I wanted a place to sleep, I had to figure it out myself. And the timid part of me was not going to be helpful. I would look down on myself in that imaginary world, and I would ask myself, is timid going to drive your actions? Because if it does, you will not survive. And what I knew for a certainty was that, oh yes, I would do whatever I had to do to survive. When my life was on the line, I knew that I would abandon timid. I would be bold on my own behalf. And so I would say to myself, hey, if you can banish timid there, you can banish timid here. This isn't nearly as scary as that. Picturing myself as being bold in that imaginary world helped me be less timid in the real one. Huh, she said. Maybe I could tap into that old fierce part of myself. Chinson practiced being brave around her house when the stakes were low, and she found that it quickened her pace. She also found herself laughing more often. Her brave lens changed how she showed up in the look and sound of leadership. You know, how you show up is so strong. I've said this before. When I do people's 360s, what is unusual is when descriptor words do not repeat themselves. But most of the time, in most people's reports, the same words do get repeated because people show up so strongly as themselves. Even being timid is a way of showing up, right? I have two tools that I want to share in this part. One is about how we hold ourselves back from showing up and then another little added tool that goes along with that. And then I, I have a story that I think is a useful tool about what happened when I changed how I showed up in what I thought was a very low-risk way. Okay, those are the two tools I'm going to give you. Here's the first one, holding ourselves back. Do you remember in the episode when Chinson was doubting she could think the word braver and then just show up that way? She said, you know, what, is it really that easy? And I asked her if easy would diminish the value. And then she said, oh, you got me. I want to be clear what was going on in that moment because this ultimately is about how you show up. Chin Sun knew that there were times in her life when she looked through the lens of a woman who devalued anything easy. If she didn't work hard for it, she didn't deserve it. So a hard life was a desired life. A hard life proved her worth. But then she learned she could choose to have an easier life. But the change wasn't like snapping her fingers. She found that she was up against what she called her negative self-talk. With some clients, I call this negative automatic thinking. Whatever it was, she could see that it was holding her back. And one thing that's really insidious about our negative self-talk is we can't really hear it in ourselves a lot of the time. It feels so familiar. It's like comfort clothing. We don't think that it's actually in any way a problem. I'm sure you've heard it. Some people are so comfortable in their negative self-talk, they speak it out loud. They say, well, I'm probably wrong about this, but, right? I don't really know much about this, but. I mean, you didn't have to say that out loud. 
But that is how some people show up. They show up wearing their negative self-talk. Chin Sun's negative self-talk came out of her mouth without her noticing it until I reflected it. And as soon as I could reflect it, she was like, oh, that's right. I don't like that. Okay, I accept easy. Thank you very much. When she could shift her negative self-talk, it changed how she showed up. How could it not, right? So the questions that you might ask yourself is, how is my self-talk helping how I show up? And how is my self-talk holding me back in how I show up? That's two questions you might ask yourself to start building muscles around how you show up. And they go along with all the other questions that are scattered throughout this episode, questions you can be asking yourself to think about how you show up. They go along with the two episodes that are just before this one, how to build self-awareness, how to grow your self-management. Okay, here's a tool that you might use to help think about how you show up. I don't know. See what you think. Imagine that there is a movie about your workplace, and one of the characters in that movie is you. Now imagine you're the screenwriter, and you have to describe that character who is you in a way that an actor is going to be able to play you. So you as the screenwriter, what would you write? And I'm not asking for a memoir here, right? It needs to be short, like a bullet point or two. What would you write? There's a fun game to play. Now flip your thinking from being the writer to being the actor. What actors often search for is what they call the character's spine. It would be interesting for you to think about your character's spine. The spine is what drives the character. Let me imagine this in a real movie for a minute with a real actor and you can get the idea of what spine is. Suppose that an actor has to play a role where they have done, the character has done something repellent. It's dramatic, right? It's really good for the story, but it's, as a human being, just really offensive. This actor has to make the audience believe she really is that troubled character, that abuser, an addict, uh, an out-of-control partner, a murderer, right? I mean, the actor's job is to show up in a way that the audience will believe she's a real person capable of that terrible thing. The actor has to learn to think like that character. And some actors use spine words. So first they ask themselves, you know, if I were that person who had done that horrible thing, how did I give myself permission to do that? What was I thinking? And in their imagination, they create a story. Now, you already know your story, right? But that's what the actor does. They think, what would, what would happen to a person to make them do that thing? What would drive them? What's their spine. And they're searching for a word that becomes like a trigger word, a word like abandoned or shamed or adored, right? All of those could be trigger words that would trigger a whole set of behaviors. And then they will use that word no matter what the script is having them do. So if the character is making love, the actor asks, how would someone whose spine was driven by abandonment make love? Can you imagine how that might change how you show up? The actor can ask, how would that person who was driven by shame walk to her car? It would change how you show up. And that's really what Chin Sun was trying to do with the word brave. All of these ideas, listening for yourself talk, writing a character description of yourself, finding your own spine words, all of these tools are to help 
you hold yourself back less and show up more in the way you want. There are, of course, books that can help you with this idea. Three very different ones are Leadership and Self-Deception, Change Your Questions, Change Your Life. And by the way, I gave this book to two clients where it really did change their lives, one of them amazingly so. So there's an endorsement for you on that book, Change Your Questions, Change Your Life. And uh, the third title I was going to suggest is an old favorite, The Four Agreements. It is so simple and yet so hard. If books are helpful, we have a PDF for you. I'm not exactly sure why, but this month it was really interesting. A whole lot of you reached out to me asking for the PDF called Six Books for Growth. Well, we've refreshed it. We've rebranded it. We've actually added a new book to it, although the PDF is still called Six Books. Go figure. I don't know. The three books that I just mentioned are in the PDF. We put the PDF in the tools bin on the Essential Communications website. It's essentialcom.com. It's essentialcom with two Ms.com. Go get it. You're welcome to. Or you can always email me. I'm always so glad to be in touch with you. I'm happy to send it to you. That just is a natural lead into this month's gratitude, right? But I do promise we are coming back to the story about what happened when I made a little change in how I showed up. But first, gratitude. Gratitude this month to two other coaches, Sonia Jante and Kimberly Lane. I knew Sonia probably 15 years ago. She and I were on a coaching panel together. Well, she and Kimberly, who is also a coach, invited me to join them on their new podcast called Unlocking Leadership, Ask the Coaches. In every episode, it's the three of us for about 15 minutes. We take one question from one of our clients, and all three of us talk about it from our different perspectives. What tools might we use to address the challenge or how might we coach that person? It's a blast. Kimberly is very much through the whole person lens. Sonia has always been through the lens of C-suite strategy. And, you know, I'm the look inside of leadership guy. So in about 15 minutes, you get coaching from three really different perspectives. It's great. It's going live on September 7th with four episodes, which is the first half of our first season. I hope you like it. It's also, by the way, on YouTube, for those of you who want to put a face to the voice, you'll see that I have a face for radio. That's an old show business joke. It is not negative self-talk. Okay, if you watch or if you listen, I would be very grateful to hear your feedback. This is a new venture. Tell us what could be better, please. Unlocking Leadership, Ask the Coaches, September 7th. More gratitude this month to everyone who helped launch the new website. We have had our first free course. Rachel Verlick did an hour of Dare to Lead this month. We had 100 seats available and 100 people signed up. Thank you very much. I'm so grateful. And thanks to Rachel for a great hour. I've heard from a bunch of you. I am so glad it was meaningful. Really, I'm very grateful. If Chin Sun's story resonates with you, if you have ever wanted to be even 2% more brave at work, I encourage you, sign up for the Dare to Lead course. This is 24 hours of interactive learning designed by Brene Brown. As of this moment, there are still seats available. And there are more courses going live all the time. There are going to be a total of 14 courses delivered over eight months or so. These are all live courses where you get to work with us. These are amazing learning and development opportunities. Check out the courses. They're designed with you in mind, and they're priced with you in mind. When you check out for your first course, use the coupon code PODCAST at checkout, and you will get 15% off. I hope to see you there. I am grateful, as ever, to those who take a minute 
in our busy podcast world and leave a review this month from Canada, Kath from Fluency. Thank you for what you wrote, Kath from Fluency. I am very grateful. Thank you. Okay, here is a story about what happened in my career when I changed something that I thought was low risk. I want to frame this up with something from the conversation with Chun Sun when I was talking about how to have a low risk rehearsal. I said, you know, it's something you do every day. It's no big deal. You add in thinking about being brave, right? And then I said this, you have time to wake up that part of yourself, take it out for a spin, get a feel for how to rev it up and what it's like to sustain it. You remember? Look, I don't want that to sound woo-woo. What does that mean to, quote-unquote, take brave out for a spin? I want to tell you a story that I think will explain what I mean. There was a certain point in my career where people were paying me to deliver two things, corporate training, like presentation skills, or coach leaders. And at this time, I was doing about 80% training and 20% coaching. There came a day when I decided I would like it better if the equation were flipped if I were doing 80% coaching and 20% training. And here is where I began. I began with an experiment. I made a commitment to myself that I would change one small way that I showed up. I made a commitment that any time anyone asked me, what do you do, I would answer and say, I'm a coach. Up until that moment, my answer had been, I'm a trainer. And by the way, you may know, for most of my life, I had answered that question by saying, I'm an actor, right? I had been saying that since I was a teenager. But in recent years, I had been saying, I'm a trainer. And I had learned the questions that people tended to ask. And I had figured out my answer. I was showing up as a trainer. The lens I was looking through was the lens called trainer. And now I was going to say, I'm a coach. But, you know, one part of me felt I wasn't really a coach. I mean, I was a little, but what I really was most of the time was a trainer. So was it going to be a lie? Well, no, it wasn't. I did coaching, just not so much. And hey, it's all low risk. I was taking I'm a coach out for a spin. Every time I did it, I would get a feel for what it was like to, quote, rev it up what it took to sustain it. I was creating the lens called coach just by changing that one thing. I hope that does not sound woo-woo. That is a very concrete action. Now, by the way, I want to tell you the end of the story. Do you know what happened? When I started introducing myself as coach, it took about four years. But in four years, my business flipped to exactly what I wanted. In four years, I was doing 80% coaching And 20% training, just like I'd wanted. And I really do believe it started with that incredibly low-risk commitment. Whatever you want to be more of, start playing with it in low-risk settings. You do not know what the outcome is going to be. Just play, experiment, discover. Don't be perfect. Be observant. Watch how you show up. I look forward to hearing what you think of these tools. I look forward to hearing how it goes for you. Let me know. If you want to dig a little deeper, take a look in the library and use these three filters for women, managing yourself, self-talk. Five episodes you might listen to are Act As If, episode 71, Acting on the Corporate Stage, 162, Animating Your Persona, some really good ideas in there, 174, Self-Limiting Beliefs which is 154, right? That's negative self-talk. 
the executive imposter, 176. Links are in the show notes, as is a link to the PDF about the six books for growth. Help yourself. In fact, there are a couple new PDFs in the tool bin. We're slowly getting them branded and getting them up in the tool bin, so help yourself. Thanks for your patience. Stay tuned. Tips about your career. Okay, that's it for me. Until next time, I'm Tom Henschel. Thanks so much for listening.